Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the podcast where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. Uh, today we have a very special recap for you of the November 13th, 2021 Dynamic Wrestling Alliance Invitational event that took place in Willowbrook, Illinois. Uh, that's right, Jeremy and I are back at a wrestling event um, and we're going to bring you all the good stuff. But first, uh, it is episode number 144. So, Jeremy, let's hear about your number 144 guy. All right, Jack. Um, so this week I have um, a guy from, from my childhood, uh, Jeffrey Leonard. Okay, yeah. I, I've never, I never heard of Jeffrey Leonard. Um, I think he was before my time. Yeah, yeah, and he, I barely caught the end of his career. He he played until 1990, so yeah, you know, I was pretty young when he finished. But I do have like these vague memories of Jeffrey Leonard. Um, just I just remember seeing some of those like old Giants games um, when I was a kid, and like I would catch like the first couple innings because they would come on so late. But um, Jeffrey Leonard played for a handful of different teams, but he he mostly was a Giant. Uh, played for eight years for the Giants, um, and uh, he he definitely seems like a bit of a character. Um, he wore double zero at one point in his career, so that right there is an indicator that he was kind of a goofball. Um, but uh, he also um, he played for the Brewers in 1988, too. Yes, he did. Um, yeah, at least for half the season, about a little over half. Um, but uh, he was known as uh, Hackman. Um, I, his, his, he's got a good Wikipedia if you uh, have time to like dig into that. But... Um, I forgot who it said nicknamed him Hackman, but um, he was nicknamed that like in uh, in the minor leagues by Max Venable and another guy, Guy Suarez, um, for always swinging at the first pitch. Um, and uh, I he's his name has come up a couple times on the on the Cubs broadcast, and and uh, Deshays goes like Hackman, like so. That's like I think that's his like widely known uh, nickname. Um, the other thing that he was kind of known for is. Um, when he would, I guess it was when he was playing the Cardinals specifically, he hit um, some big homers off of them in the LCS uh, in 1987, I guess maybe. Um, and he hit he hit he hit a couple homers and like he would go he went around the bases with what he called one flap down, which was like it's like if you guys remember uh, uh, Edwin Encarnacion's and Encarnacion's. Uh, celebration like home run trot where he had the arm up like he was holding a parrot in his arm. Jeffrey Leonard's was the opposite. He he ran with like one like arm completely limp to his side. Um, there's video of it and it's pretty funny to see. Um, but I guess he was kind of like symbolizing like a bird with like a broken wing or something. Um, and then he they ended up uh, the Cardinals of course uh, because of the Cardinals way they ended up hitting him the next game or the next at bat or something. Um, but. It's pretty funny to see him run around the bases with one arm just completely limp because the other arm is kind of like pumping like he's like, you know, running fast. Um, but the other arm is completely limp at his side. But yeah, Jeffrey Leonard, weird guy, um, you know, 144 career homers, um, made a couple all star teams, finished second in rookie of the year voting in 1979. Um, 
but just kind of like one of those guys, kind of like a fan favorite. Um, another one last thing about Jeffrey Leonard is that um, according to baseball reference, you know, his nicknames are, are Hackman or one flap down, but they also say penitentiary face mm. as one of his third nickname as his third nickname. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't get a chance to research that one, but uh, yeah, he, he is kind of a, kind of like a, a, just has a kind of like a specific, a distinct look on his face, kind of like a, deadpan kind of look on his face i guess he looks he looks very sad in his uh baseball <laughs> reference picture yeah yeah um as if he's staring off into the distance at something <laughs> yes uh possibly um i don't know uh a bird with but, a bird with a broken wing i don't know yeah um <laughs> interesting well yeah jeremy uh once again i guess this highlights the uh five-year age difference between us um because yeah uh that he had completely fl- uh flown over uh, my radar but um, uh, you know, next time I hear Deshays uh, on the Cubs broadcast, I'll, I'll know what he's talking about. If if Jim if he's back, uh, Jim <laughs> Deshays, that is, we'll see. Yeah. Um. Okay. Cool. My uh, my number one forty four guy is uh, none other than John Axford. Um. This is at a request from uh, podcast listener Ben. Um. Uh. John Axford had one hundred and forty four saves. So this is the first time that we've done a guy uh, for saves. Um, uh, is that is that true? I feel like I might have done a saves guy before. Did you do did a I saves not? guy? We we dabbled in some kind of like oddball categories, like come somewhat early early on in this in this format. But I don't remember if we did saves or not. We yeah no we did. Uh, I'm, yeah I'm not sure if it was saves, but I think that was how we got to the uh, Carlos Lee versus Magli Ordonez debate for the first time because Carlos Lee had some ridiculous number of steals um, okay. that you you wouldn't have expected. Uh, yeah, but John Axford 144 saves. Uh, I was surprised that he had that many. Um, his peak was very short. Um, he he basically he pitched seven games in 2009, but he debuted in 2010. Or I mean, he he came to uh, fruition, uh, so to speak, in 2010. Uh, 24 saves that year, 46 the next in 2011, uh, and in 2012 he had 35. Uh, that that 2011 Brewers team made the NLCS, so he was the closer on that team. Um, he had a 195 ERA that year too, so that was that was far and away his best year, 46 saves and a 195 ERA. Um, but after that, it was it was just absolutely nothing. Um, he was he was bad. He was bad for the whole rest of his career. Um, there was one more time where he would get 25 saves in 2015, but he uh, he pitched to a 4.20 ERA. Granted, he was with the Rockies, but um, after that season of 25 saves, he he would pitch parts of. Uh, parts of four more seasons in the big leagues and he would only get three more saves so uh yeah not not a real illustrious career his peak his peak was pretty good although in 2012 that 35 save season he had a 467 era um i uh don't remember that season well enough but i i kind of wonder if he lost his closers job at some point with the uh with the era being that high um yeah he was good for like a year though who was that? Who else was on that? Was when was Trevor Hoffman on the uh, Brewers? That would have been uh, that would have predated Trevor Hoffman. So I want to say Hoffman was like he was in like oh eight oh nine. Um, I don't. He was not oh seven, but uh, yeah, he was like oh eight oh nine, maybe twenty ten too. Although uh, yeah, let's see if he was on there in twenty ten. That seems kind of yeah. Trevor Hoffman was on there, uh, Brewers in twenty ten. He pitched to a five eighty nine ERA, um, and he had ten saves. So I'm I'm guessing he lost his closer's job uh, to Axford. Um, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I remember like the first time um, I saw John Axford come in for a save. Might have been like the first save he ever got, but there was kind of an electric atmosphere. Um, just when you were watching TV, you could tell it's like, oh, this this is the the Brewers have kind of finally uh, found a guy. Um, they did for a couple of years. The shelf life of closer is usually pretty short. Um, I mean, by 2013, I think uh, we were seeing Jim Henderson saving games for the Brewers. So, you know, Axford didn't last long, but uh, he was a, he was a fan favorite. Well, he was good. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's hard. I I was kind of blown away by the fact that he was that that his peak that like he, you know, he started his career or whatever that and that his peak was like in um in twenty in the twenty tens decade. I would have. I it feels like it was like a lot like earlier than that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, um, he kind of burned out quick. Um, we saw him, did he give up, give up the walk off or did he give up a game tying? He, yeah. So he gave up in 2015. We saw the game where he gave up Chris Bryant's first walk off home run. That was July, July of 2015. I'm no surprise that John Axford was the one to give it up uh jason mott had just blown the save for the cubs uh, like the inning before that so um it was just kind of a war of attrition and you know who, who had the closer who had, was most likely to blow the save <laughs> um you uh jeremy you saw john axford make his one and only start of his yep. career yep. in 2018 i think for the blue jays right blue jays at white Sox, yeah in a game that i went to without jack um yep uh, that was like a bullpen game for the for the Blue Jays. I saw a lot of bums in that game, including Ryan Tapera and um, uh, Garcia, Jaime Garcia. <laughs> mm, yeah, like who who would have figured that he was still around at that point? Um, John Axford pitched one game for the Brewers this year uh, in 2021. He had not pitched in the big league since 2018. The season Jeremy saw him make that start. Uh, he pitched to a 54 ERA. He pitched a third of an inning. Uh, gave up two hits, two earned runs, uh, walked a guy, hit a guy, uh, did a little bit of everything, but, uh, but, but give up a home run and get, get people out. Apparently, um, it was like they, they were going to kick the tires on the guy one last time and it just, it, it just didn't work. Yeah. Not good. Um, I, I, I do have that yeah, box score in front of me too. So it was John Axford, Jake Petrichka, Aaron Loop, Tyler Clippard. Jaime Garcia, Ryan Tapera, and Oliver Drake. Ooh, and wow. I believe that was the season that Oliver Drake pitched for like four different teams in the okay. same regular season. Uh-huh. Uh, 2018, right? Yeah, so he pitched with the Brewers, the, the, the Indians, the Angels, the Blue Jays, and the Twins all in 2018. Jake Jake Petrichka, that's a that's a name I have not thought about in some time. Even though <laughs> even though he pitched in 2021. Oh God, he did. Yeah, it says he pitched uh, seven games for the Los Angeles Angels. Ugh, God. Well, I know. That's 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 bad. Um, I don't yeah. remember that he pitched with the Brewers in 2019. First, he pitched eight innings with the Brewers in 2019. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I, I, I just he cemented as a White Sox bum for me. So yes, um, he wasn't actually even like that bad for the first couple of years. But but yeah, anyway, this is a. Uh, I don't know if this is why Ben wanted us to talk about John Axford to lead to all these. He just spurned off into like 10 different uh, branches from John. Axford. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I mean, yeah. Jake Petrichka pitching on the same team as Shohei Otani. Like he probably oh. met, he probably met Shohei Otani. Like he doesn't even, 
he doesn't even deserve to meet Shohei Otani. No, I deserve to meet him more than Jake Petrichka. Yeah, exactly. It's like that guy who wanted to play a round of golf with Tom Brady just for having a 600th <laughs> touchdown pass. It's just like it's not even worth Shohei Otani's time. No. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. All right. Well, that, that's a pretty good one. Um, and yeah, John Axford, though, um, you know, he also kind of had like a Raleigh Fingers mustache for a while. So um, liked him, was good for a little while, but uh, hey. KB's got him to thank for that that home run all those years ago. Which, uh, which one of them did, did John Axford didn't pitch for Notre Dame, did he? That was that was Jim that Henderson, was, I think, right? Well, uh, I know that uh, well, I was going to say Jeff Samarja pitched he, for them, right? That's where I'm going with it. Okay, um, I think it was um, I think it was Jim Henderson. Let me just look up John Axford really quick. He's Canadian. He yeah, he pitched. Um, he pitched at Notre Dame. Yeah. Oh, he did. He yeah, did. Yeah, it says uh, drafted in the 42nd round of the 2005 MLB draft from the University of Notre Dame. Holy okay. shit. Let me look up uh, Jim Henderson really quick. We got one more little bit of trivia here with John Axford. Um, uh, if, if baseball reference will. Uh... Okay, so Jim Henderson did not. Okay, so it was John Axford. So John Axford was on baseball. Um, uh, what do you, What's the show called? Intentional Talk on the MLB Network. And, you know, they called, like, Jeff Samarja, his nickname was Shark. Uh, but John Axford clarified it, and they said that his name was actually Shark Face. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, I think if you Google, if you look up uh, Urban Dictionary, what Shark Face means, um, it's uh, something that you wouldn't want to talk about on TV. <laughs> uh, it, it has to do with, I think it, it's, in, it's, it's related to O-Face. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, but, uh, so that's why they called, uh, Jeff Samarja shark face or actually, you know what? It might even be more sorted than that. Um, so we'll let you all Google, uh, to check out urban dictionary shark face, but, um, yeah, that's, that, that was Jeff Samarja's real nickname. Right. Uh, you can, you can find a lot of good stuff on urban dictionary, Jeremy. <laughs> you sure can. Yeah. I've got, got a, I've got a one to share with you after we're done with this podcast. Um, <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, let's uh, on that note, let's get to uh, let's get to some wrestling. Yeah, um, let's yeah. It. it was it was a fun time. So we it was in Willowbrook, Illinois. So we did have a little bit of a drive. So Jeremy drove us out there, um, like always, uh, as we were headed south. So Willowbrook is in the south suburbs of Chicago. So we had to uh, head head south out of town. Um, and we got stuck in traffic on Lakeshore Drive, uh, as tends to happen um, at five o'clock on a Saturday. And as we were stuck in traffic, I didn't see this because I was in the passenger seat and I didn't have a view of it. But Jeremy and I were talking and we were at a dead stop. And all of a sudden, Jeremy goes, what? What? Oh, my God. There's a girl dancing on the highway. <laughs> yeah. So, like, um, yeah, it's like bumper to bumper. And, like, I just see, like, a door open and a girl stand up and just start dancing. Like, and, like, just, like, goofy, like, impromptu dancing. Um, and then, like, the traffic, you know, she danced for, like, I don't know. 20 seconds maybe and then the traffic started picking up again and she jumped back in the car and the car started driving again um but it um i don't know i guess that's a thing like um you do that i remember there was an episode of uh full house where they like they like get to like a stop sign or stoplight and they all like run around the car or something it's like some kind of prank or something fun to do or something i guess and then they got like locked out of the car and i think like DJ got in trouble or something, but, um, it was, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a weird sight to see. Um, and I guess it was just a testament to how 
like bumper to bumper the traffic was getting out of the city. Yeah, we suspect it was a TikTok uh, video. But yeah, yeah, it seemed like something like that. I think we will ever know. Um, but after we got out of the city, uh, traffic was generally pretty good. We got to Willowbrook. Um, uh, we noticed when we got off the freeway that there was a Denny's right by the arena, so that'll come into play a little bit later. But uh, the arena was also by a place called the Chicken Basket. Yeah, Delray's uh, Chicken Basket, um, which is... Uh, so, like, you know, I, I think Jack asked me, like, on the way out there, he's like, have you ever been to Willowbrook before? And it's like... I. So many of those like southwest suburbs uh, just run together for me, um, being a, a city boy. And uh, I was just trying to remember, like you know, I I, I it's like I know I've been to Willowbrook before. Um, uh, I couldn't remember. There's I had definitely been to Midlothian before because me and some friends uh, went to Bachelor's Grove, which is a abandoned haunted cemetery, and we got busted and got got ticketed by the, uh, the Midlothian police. So. Uh, that's a story for another time, but, um, uh, we, um, yeah, so we got off the expressway and I'm like, I was going on this like kind of like service road. It's like kind of like back road. Like I was following my Google map directions and we saw the sign chicken basket and I was like, Oh, this is, I'm like, no way this Delray's chicken basket is out there. And, um, yeah, sure enough, it was not only was it out there, but it was right next to the, the compass arena, which was the name of the, the, uh, you know, arena, where um the uh, where the venue was uh for the for the wrestling event um but yeah it was right next to it i i hadn't been to delray's chicken basket in a while um and uh yeah last i had been there i don't think that that place was built uh the compass arena so uh but uh yeah it's a great uh suburb it's it's one of the things that's kind of worth driving out to the suburbs for um jack and i and some friends sometimes frequent uh a, a bar in um uh, Bowling Brook, no, 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 Brookfield, uh, to go to uh, Fish Fry uh, during Lent. Um, that's that's another one that's like worth the drive out there. But uh, Delray's Chicken Basket's a pretty good place if you if you uh, are out west. Nice, uh, yeah. Who, who knows? Maybe next time we go to an event at the Compass Arena, we could we could check that one out uh, yeah. instead of, instead of Denny's. Um, let's talk about uh, the Compass Arena just a little bit. Uh, it, it looks kind of impressive from the outside. Um, it, it looks like a smaller arena, kind of like what what was that Sears Arena that we went and saw the Windy City Bulls play? Yeah, the Sears Center. Yeah, the Sears it's Center called something else now because Sears doesn't exist. Oh, um, I forgot what it's. I forgot what they changed it to, but uh, they did change the name since we've been there. Oh, no kidding! I didn't know Sears went belly up. Um, oh, yeah. I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but, uh, yeah, the, uh, so the compass arena looked good from outside. Um, not sure how long it's been there. It did say some, for some reason I got the impression that it was an indoor soccer arena. Um, no, yeah, it did. It, it, there was a sign outside that like, it's, it's weird. Cause it's like, it's called an arena, but like, you know, it looks like they have banquets there and stuff. And, um, it's, it's weird. Like I, it's hard to, it's hard to explain. Like it's definitely looks like a newish building. But yeah, they definitely have like um, indoor soccer. There was like a thing um, about that, and uh, on like a uh, like a fly like an ad like a you know thing like when you walk in. So, um, but it's a weird. It's like yeah, it's a weird like multi-purpose venue basically. Yeah. Well, hey, Jeremy. The last time we went to a DWA event, they were doing it uh, in the back room of a bar. So this was yeah. a this was a nice step up. For them, uh, there were uh, before we got in, there there was a line of people waiting outside to get in. Um, so Jeremy and I just kind of got there and stood in line. 
um, not really knowing what was up. And eventually, after standing in line for about five minutes, we were kind of like, well, you know, why, why can't we just go in? We have tickets. Because yeah, it seemed like other, other people were in there. Um, yeah. So I, I still, it, and then there was a guy at the door who was like, all right, like you got, you know, you guys got tickets, whatever. But he was only letting people in one at a time. And he wasn't, he wasn't letting people in like often. It was like, it was like every three minutes. I, I still can't figure out what that situation was, Jeremy. Yeah, it was weird. It was like, cause he, cause then when we got that, like he said, does anyone actually have tickets? Or he's like, he's like, if you got tickets, you don't have to wait. And then like, I guess like three people in front of us, like said, like we have tickets and they headed to the, the door and then we followed them. And he's like, hold on. It's like, if you're not with them, you got to wait. <laughs> it's like, well, what, what the hell? And then, so then we had to wait, but in like to the side of the regular line. And, um, then he's like, he's, he did say something like can't have too many people at the ticket table. <laughs> just like, okay, I get okay. I guess so. Um, and then, so yeah, those people got their tickets or whatever. And then they, he let us in and, uh, I bought my tickets on like the Eventbrite website or app or whatever. So I, I, you know, you just show them, your QR code or whatever. And it was funny. Like I, I went up there and I'm like, uh, yep. Yeah. I kind of went up to the table and like the lady, there was like two people. There was like a, I don't even remember like how old the guy was, but the lady was kind of like in a like middle-aged lady or something. And, um, I didn't know, like, you know, they didn't say anything. They didn't say like, sir, step up or right this way or whatever. I kind of went up and I'm like, I just looked at both of them and I had my phone in my hand. I'm like, uh, yeah, I got my, I got two tickets here. Uh, two tickets and like the lady looked at me kind of like she was like I don't even know like she had a weird expression on her face but I, I couldn't really explain it but she was like oh, okay two tickets okay and, <laughs> and then like she yeah that's right because the guy gave you a wristband right yeah right and then um the lady gave me a wristband and like it was just it was one of those like you know like drink wristbands like like or that you get at a concert like when yeah. you you know uh, get a, a bracelet to buy beer. And like this lady, like uh, a lot of times people botch those, those, uh, those bracelets. This lady like massacred it. And she, it was so bad that she was like, I really messed that up. And like, it was all like bunched up. Like it wasn't laying flat. Um, as a guy, uh, you know, you don't want any of that sticky stuff hanging over the side because it gets stuck in your arm hair. Yeah. Especially I got, I have really hairy arms. So that really yeah. hurts me. I think we both. I think we're both hairy forearmed men. Um, and, do, you, do you have hairy forearms, Jerry, Jeremy? I've never. I've never noticed. I mean, I. I think I do. Uh, <laughs> I, I, this is a weird conversation to be having on the podcast, but uh, I've been told that before. Okay. Um, okay. Maybe right. because it's like I'm not really hairy, like in general, uh, but uh, the forearms are. Are, are are advanced um so <laughs> uh but yeah so but yeah that's so that's a that's a that's that's no good when you no. um, get that snagged in there yeah i guess i guess i lucked out my guy was pretty good he he put yeah. the it like it, like literally when he when he when he was finished putting the wristband on me i was like man he did a really clean job of that it was good <laughs> nice uh it is funny that they were only letting people in like you know once every couple of minutes because you know, can't have too many people at the ticket table because there was no suggestion of masks so it was very no. odd that you know that that's presumably a covid protocol but it was the only covid protocol at all maybe right. maybe it also had to do with the fact that like he felt like this lady couldn't handle you know a, a, a steady flow of people considering how she dealt with you i don't know it was very bizarre <laughs> It, it was weird. I mean, well, we should say, I should say too, like, so the lady made a weird face when I 
told her about my tickets, but she didn't actually look at them. Like she didn't actually like check or inspect them. I kind of just, I had them on my phone, but she didn't look at my phone at all. So it's another situation where you could just be like, yeah, I got my tickets. And then just, you know, you could, if you, if you could sell it well enough, um, uh, you could, you could probably get in. Um, but, but yeah, so like I, certainly no suggestion of masks by those people, nor anywhere in the, in the arena. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I don't really know like, what I, I think it's a statewide mask mandate. It, it is. Um, it is. Yeah. So uh, there I think there's, you know, obviously like, you know, for certain events like you can get around it. But I, I we were before we walked in, we were wondering because, OK, we've been to baseball games and it's outdoors. And it's like if you're drinking or eating, you can not have it on. Um, I guess that that probably is the same rule at this thing. But like we, I guess we did get a couple sodas, but or uh, you know drinks. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, it's not like we were nursing them or anything. And I really saw maybe like six masks <laughs> the whole night. I yeah. would say, and and you know some of those were, uh, you know, some of those might have been from some luchadors that were <laughs> wrestling too. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that was uh, that was one of those things where it's just like you're. Uh, I think that's cognitive dissonance where you just pretend like there's no pandemic and, and like <laughs> hundreds of unmasked people in this enclosed uh, indoor soccer field. But, you know, I digress. Yeah. Well, uh, there, there were, there were literal hundreds of people. Um, I'd say, I'd say maybe the, at its peak, because people, people kind of left about halfway through the show, but at its peak, there were maybe 350 people there. I yeah. Say I think that's a four, 400, maybe at tops. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, yeah, something something right around that that three fifty mark, I think, sounds a good about. Yeah, they they had a they had a good crowd. Um, so the 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 ring, the arena was in the center of this. Uh, it, it almost looked like a big uh, like if if you were in like a Walmart or one of those like big box stores, and they just took out all of the shelves and all the merchandise, and there was nothing left. That that's kind of how the uh, how how the building seemed. Um, uh, so in the middle of it was this this wrestling ring, and then all around it were tables of wrestlers like selling their shirts and whatever and giving autographs. Um, and uh, there was also a, a wall of just dumbass guys that we sat originally sat down next well, to when we got our seats. Yeah, uh, I I'll paint the picture on that one, Jack. Like yeah. so, there there were these nice chairs too, like all set up and everything. Like yeah. they looked kind of like banquet chairs. Um, but, uh, I, we were trying to figure out what the capacity of, with the, like, like the max capacity seating was, um, you know, maybe 500 or 600 or something. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so like we, we got there, um, you know, uh, we, we kind of sat down, we picked a spot. It was hard to pick a spot because you could sit anywhere and there was like uh, pluses and minuses to, to each, um, kind of area, um, so we kind of just plopped down in like a corner, kind of like at the far end of the ring. And uh, there was like a row of like kids and like it's it's like it was like it was like three or four dads, but like 15 kids or something like it was crazy. Yeah, um, was not and, a great not a great ratio for sure. No, 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 no. There was like it, w- it seemed like a kind of ratio that would get out of hand um, uh, quickly. Um, so so Jack uh, went and, and hit the bathroom. Like after we got there and I sat down, I was just kind of chilling and like looking at my phone. And at some point I, I realized I like looked up and like, it's just like, a, there was a wall of these fucking dudes, like 
uh, just surrounding me basically like making like a wall and, and face, but they were facing me. And so I was like sitting down and they were just like, you know, like two feet away from me, like in a wall, like arm to arm, shoulder to shoulder, like flanking me. And it was just like, what, what, what is this? Like, you know, there's a, I'm a fucking person here. Like, you know, stop crowding me. And so that, and the kids, I was, I started just, I got, I actually got up and was kind of scoping out some other areas uh, while you were away, Jack. And, uh, once you showed up, I was just immediately, I was like, Hey man, let's move. And, uh, I was like, I, I looked over here. This like looks pretty good. Why don't we go here? And I, I think we, I think we moved to better seats for sure. We moved to like, were we in the second or the third row? Uh, we were in the second row, but, yeah. um, yeah, it was uh, good seats. Um, good seats for sure. Yeah. We were, we, we had to sit in the middle of the aisle, but neither of us really get up anyway. And the aisles were, were wide. So it was, it were, it turned out pretty well, but, um, yeah, for, for a second there, I was like, Jesus, man, these fucking guys are just like, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm just being like, like encompassed by these guys. So I was like, get me out of here. Yeah. And didn't one of the guys at one point say, Hey, hey man, like he, he was talking to yeah. one of his buddies. He was like, Hey, do you, yeah, do you, you watch, you watched old school wrestling. Uh, there's Spike Dudley right there. Yeah. Sp- Spike yeah. Dudley wasn't there. No, it was like one of those, it's, I guess it's like one of those things. Like, it's like, Hey, you're you know, Hey, your mom's here. And then it's like some like crazy lady or something. Um, but like, you know, it, it was just like, there was some guy who like maybe had like, like weird, like straight, like kind of puffed out hair and overalls or something. And it was like, Hey, there's Spike Dudley. It's like, you know, that's not cool because like, it's, it's possible that he could have been there. And it's like, what, what's your point? It's like, you know, anyway. So I, I, I was like, I, I, he he caught my ear when he said that and i'm like i'm not even like i'm not gonna believe this guy whatever so um yeah it turned out to not be spike dudley as as expected you know in the vein of uh old school wrestling though or i guess you know 20 20 plus years ago is, is old school now even though it was late 90s um uh so we did john axford before his nickname was the axe man and I, I always yeah. thought there should have been a parody of, like, Mr. Ass's Billy Gunn's theme song for John Axford. Or be like, well, I'm an axe man. Duh, duh. Yes, I'm an axe man. You know, because that's what, that's what Mr. Ass's uh, theme song was. I'm an ass man. Uh, right. I'm glad. Well, I would have really been mad at myself if I'd, if I'd left that out. Um, okay. <laughs> well, I, well, I yeah. should say, I, I didn't even realize that we did the axe man and the hack man today. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, uh, okay, so yeah, uh, as I stated, um, the ring was in the middle, but uh, there were a bunch of tables surrounding the ring. Uh, behind the seats were the wrestlers. Um, you know, each each one had had his own table um, or her own table, and they they had their merch there. They they were signing autographs. Uh, that's usually a big thing for the kids who come to these events. Like they like to get autographs from the wrestlers whether it's on they they were selling programs um, not like not like grown men who go to baseball games and <laughs> like to get autographs yeah no, nothing and, like and, that <laughs> no and like at least at least this is before the event and like completely condoned you know like yeah uh, just grown men like <laughs> waiting for these guys after the after a long game um yeah, <laughs> yeah. no not good but um yeah so that that it's kind of neat um the wrestlers are very accessible uh, I mean, these are just regular guys, but you know, to these kids, they actually think it's kind of cool to to meet these guys. 
Yeah, you can take a picture with them, get their autograph, whatever. Uh, Some of them are selling like shirts or masks or whatever. So, so yeah, it's kind of like going to a concert and like there's like merch, there's the merch table and like the the bands are selling their records and stuff. These wrestlers were out doing their thing. Um, So it's cool. You know, it's, it's definitely like grassroots, like indie. It's definitely, it's like the indiest of indie um, kind of, you know, events that's going on here. So it's cool to see. Um, yeah, there was also a guy selling uh, programs as well. Um, yeah, right. And this guy had a stogie in his mouth, uh, <laughs> which right. was not lit. It was just it was just this this uh, huge cigar in his mouth. Uh, he kept calling all of the women that he saw beautiful. He was like, "Oh, hey, beautiful." Um, yeah, it's like, "Oh, good to see you again, beautiful." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this guy is like from Central Casting, like just a meatball bears fan. Um, yeah, like yeah. he was probably in his fifties. Uh, you know. Just uh, probably he was about five ten and you know three hundred fifty pounds, uh, just like one of the super fans. Um, yes. you, you knew he was probably like that too. You know, did, seemed like a nice guy. Was selling programs to people, but uh, also prop didn't didn't seem too aware of the uh, hashtag Me Too movement uh, <laughs> either. Yeah, yeah, he was he was uh, he was kicking it old school uh, in many regards. Um, but yeah, so uh, so yeah, so it was it was you know uh, we got there a little early. We got to like take in all the events beforehand. But uh, soon enough, uh, well, I guess maybe we could talk too about like there was um, there was kind of like an uh, an elevated aisle. There was kind of like a a platform right where the wrestlers came out. Um, there were the video boards again, which are really just uh, projectors with uh, like screen sharing, um, a laptop. Uh, but there was even some like you know there were some cool lights like by the. Um, by the entrance way. Um, and there was like, even like some like kind of like skinny, like kind of like Venetian blind type of, uh, um, uh, things like, uh, uh, you know, video board type of things. Uh, so that was, um, that was interesting. Um, so it was a good presentation for sure. Yeah. Um, I will say that, um, the, when the events did kick off, we had, um, uh, a, f- a favorite from uh, the previous uh, DWA event come out. Uh, yeah, uh, so so Mr. Riccolo um, yes. uh, came out. He comes. I love it. He comes out to "I Was Made for Loving You" by Kiss, which I still I still remember that he came out to that. He came out with a, uh, a glitter gun, and then he even had another another glitter gun hidden in the ring. So he fired off two glitter guns. Uh, this guy had on a, a coat that said "Mr. Riccolo." Uh, he's got a and like a, rhinestones. Yeah, yeah. He's um he, he had uh, gray hair, gray like long hair and an indescribable mullet, uh, which is very yeah. impressive. And it seems like it's his real hair too. Uh, Just a pompadour into a mullet. Yes. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we were excited to see him, um, Jeremy. Uh, before we get to anything else, like I know you want to talk about like guess who Mr. Riccolo actually is in his real life, but like I want to know. Who is Mr. Riccolo to the Dynamic Wrestling Alliance? Like, what is is he the commissioner? It's very hard to uh, to understand, and maybe there's something that we're missing from like the the lore or the backstory or whatever. But like, yes, it's he's he's like ubiquitous when it comes to like the DWA. But it's it's not it's not really clear why. Like, you know, I get. I mean, he's not like the Fink from WWF. Like, he's not like the commissioner like he makes there's no real like indication that he's the commissioner he's just like the mascot or something it's very <laughs> it's it's odd but but he's 
you could tell he's beloved and like he's um he's the face of the federation but like i guess he's maybe like the vince mcmahon of the of dwa but uh, when Vince McMahon before when he was just a guy when he wasn't like uh you know uh the boss Vince McMahon but um cuz yeah I don't know but I don't I, that doesn't necessarily mean he's the owner of the DWA it's it's hard to explain but uh he's the guy when it comes to DWA yeah very strange uh and you, we were speculating what he does in his his personal life too um right yeah I Jeremy I I think he's got to just be like a a bartender or something with a look with a look like that i mean <laughs> yeah i get you know bartender where like like, like you know, he owns his own place and it's like an old man bar sure yeah i was wondering if he even yeah because the place where they wrestled last time seems too um like high high up high like highly operational of a, of a place for him to own uh, i could see him owning like an old man bar with like a pool table and stuff and like Bob Seger on the jukebox or something. But um, yeah, it's like, my guess is like, I I, I almost feel like he, he, he kind of has the vibe of like a DJ, like a radio DJ from okay. like the seventies yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so it's like, maybe he's like a DJ. Maybe he's, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's really, it's weird. Like at, at the very least, he's like maybe one of the wrestlers dads who like, you know, he's like the dad who like, everyone goes and hangs out at this house and he's like, you know, he pulls out like this, his like Camaro or something. And the kids like, you know, wax it or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, there's so many wild, like visuals of like what Mr. Ricklow is in his real life. that It's fun to speculate. And like, I don't think anyone is incorrect, but they're all like, you could just kind of guess numerous scenarios like for, for like forever. Yeah, definitely. Um, and he, uh, so, so he, he came out and uh, he, he, the first thing he introduced was the national anthem. Uh, the uh, gal who sang the national anthem was not bad, uh, but her mic was just not on for about half the national anthem. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the sound system was 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 not great uh, for the event. We should say like it was. Um, and and it's like you know it was a big cavernous like room, and you know if, if it's a indoor soccer stadium, it's not like they have like a indoor. Um, you know, play by play guy or like even even like a, a PA guy like is something like you don't really have that often. Um, uh, and it's not, you know, he's mostly just reading ads or something or like whatever. Like so it's kind of a, a tough thing. I think like if they could like do it again, they would probably try to work out some of the kinks. Like there were there were a couple production issues, but, um, you know, obviously they're they're doing what they can. And it's a a much bigger undertaking than like the last one was, uh, in, in that, uh, in that bar. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Mr. Riccolo, uh, after the national anthem, uh, said America soon to be great again. We'll see. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and to which me and Jack gave like a take to each other. We just like, it was just like a, like, and we just (laughs) craned our necks to each other and like, kind of like, raise our eyebrows like okay i guess that's what we're dealing with tonight yeah um and jeremy i i feel like i had vaguely remembered him making a pro mega comment (laughs) in the last time i just i couldn't put my finger on it so sure yeah i i wouldn't doubt it you know and again none of this is i mean you know none of this is surprising we're in the southwest suburbs of uh, you know uh, of, of chicago um and uh we're at a wrestling event um, I think like, you know, uh, it, it all, it all fits into the tapestry. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, definitely. Um, so we got finally got to our matches. The first match was a guy called Grin. Grin was the face, and he was going against a dude named the Mayan Mauler. Yeah, um, I think he, he had a re- like Dan Hernandez or something. The Mayan yeah, Mauler. yeah, it was it was like Dan Hernandez, uh, the Mayan Mauler. The Mayan Mauler was a heel, um, just kind of a generic uh, generic wrestler kind of guy. Not a bad a big, heel, but a big guy kind of. Yeah, not, kind of a, not a huge dude. guy, but uh, yeah, yeah, long long uh, long black hair. Um, but yeah, he was the heel. Uh, but Grin Grin was an interesting character. He was this dude uh, with a very big, very white smile, and he had green face paint on, uh, and he looked like he looked like the Mask, um, the Jim Carrey yeah. movie, and I, I think that's kind of what he was going for. But when he would go up to the the turnbuckle uh, before the match to like you know do do his uh, where people take pictures of the guys, um, he would like put he put his uh, his hands up and like a, to frame his face, kind of like a would, Vogue thing, yeah. Like. Yeah. Yes, uh, and he would grin, uh, and that was kind of a cool move by him. Yeah, and then he would go like left to right to the crowd and like show his like he would frame his grin to the crowd and show everybody. It was it was kind of cool. It was kind of menacing in a, in a way. I would I would um, also like I would elaborate on his look. Like it's kind of like the mask meets Sting meets uh, the Black Hole Sun video by uh, Soundgarden, Jack. I don't know if you know that that video. but I, I don't unless it's uh, – maybe it's possible I've seen it and just don't don't know it. it it's pretty disturbing. It's like it's like this kind of it, – it's kind of like a – I think there's like an apocalypse going on. Uh, that's like what the Black Hole Sun is. Uh, but like these people, when the like Black Hole Sun like opens up, the these people, their faces turn like cartoonish and like their eyes get really big and their, their, they get these really kind of – freakish huge like grins on their faces it's 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 kind of creepy so um i think that it there maybe there was a little bit of black hole sun music video going on with his gimmick as well okay yeah um and he he went on to win the match uh and this was a recurring theme we would see throughout the night not one heel went over i believe if i'm not mistaken yeah i don't think so so for those of you who uh don't know the wrestling business face is a good guy heel is a bad guy um and all all the faces won tonight which was which was very odd um a little little bit of a head scratcher there i guess if you're trying to please the crowd this was the dwa's first show since the last one we saw in february of 2020 so a year and so since COVID, so maybe they want to bring the people back, give the give the fans what they want by having the faces win. But I, I was always a guy who kind of kind of rooted for the heels. Um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> you know, I uh, I wouldn't mind seeing a few a few of them go over. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, everyone, you got to throw a couple of those out there, and like part of the part of the charm of wrestling is being like outraged when a heel wins. I remember like one of my first. Like the first pay per view I ever ordered was Royal Rumble '91, and um, it was Ultimate Warrior versus Sergeant Slaughter for the title. And um, uh, I believe I believe I'm remembering this correctly. Uh, Macho Man came out and hit Ultimate Warrior with a sep- with his scepter, and then Sergeant Slaughter beat him for the title. And I was just like, No, how could this happen? Like I can't believe this. Sergeant Slaughter's the champion. This is horrible. And this was like they played that Iraq War uh, angle. <laughs> Uh, with Sergeant Slaughter, and it was just, I was outraged as, like, a nine-year-old kid, um, but uh, but it was compelling, so, yeah, that's it's good stuff when a heel wins sometimes. Hard to believe Sergeant Slaughter uh, was the main event of a WrestleMania, 
but uh, yeah, that's yes. another. I think that's another conversation for a, another podcast. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, so the second second match was the CSI guys versus the Scumbag Army. Yeah, um, and this was um, the return of a couple of guys that we uh, liked from the from the previous w uh dwa wrestling uh event uh, event uh the csi guys who are you know have like the same gimmick as the, the tv show crime scene investigators they have their chief with them uh i i don't know what the chief's name is um but uh maybe one of the best gimmicks of uh the dwa they they come out and they go around the ring and they pick up they pick up like garbage or cups and they they're they're they're, they're like dusting for fingerprints they pick up like debris from the ground and put it in like a, a evidence bag. Um, and they're like showing it to like the, 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 the chief. Um, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty funny gimmick. It is. And the chief has this big fake looking radio from like the eighties that he carries on his hip, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, they have like police tape. So at one yeah. point, uh, at one point, uh, they didn't want the, the, their opponents to cross a certain part of the ring. So they put police tape there and they hid behind it, and they were like, no, no, this is a crime scene. This is a crime scene, uh, which was funny. And the, the police tape actually said Cuidado on it. It didn't even say Caution, which, <laughs> which I thought was, was kind of funny. Um, yeah, they, they're, uh, they're good heels, Jeremy. They're definitely jobbers, but, uh, yeah, yeah good, they're good heels. They're funny. Yeah, definitely. I liked them. Um, and, yeah, I thought maybe, thought maybe they'd go over, but uh, – um, I don't remember. I think the Scumbag Army had more names, but wasn't this one of the first? Uh, these were the first guys to come out with like a bunch of people with them, right? Yeah, uh, they they had like there were four four people, four wrestlers in the Scumbag Army, and then for a while at the beginning of the tag match, uh, the CSI guys were like, "Hey, like, why are there like four guys here?" So eventually, it had to be decided which ones from the Scumbag Army were going to fight. Um, I, uh, I don't remember a ton about the scumbag army. They weren't super memorable, but they did have yeah. a cool, they did have a cool finisher. Um, uh, their finisher basically was that two, you know, uh, both, both guys in the tag team were on either side of the, uh, the one opponent who was in the middle, the one CSI guy. And then they both did like a sweet chin music to the two sides of the guy's head and then he got yeah. pinned. So that, I'd, I'd never seen that finisher before, and I, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, yeah, and we were at a good angle for that as well. Yeah. Um, the uh, One of the guys had that Bane mask, so um, right. there was that going on. But they had, they just had, like, it, it, another running theme of the night was just, like, guys coming out with just, like, an extra guy who seemed just like a dude for, that they got from the crowd or like, like a guy who like won like a contest to be like a valet for the night. And then like, there was like just a random woman with them too, who was not necessarily wearing like any sort of like fancy gown or outfit, like a Marlena or a sable. They were just like, she was just kind of like wearing her street clothes, I feel or something. Yeah. Or maybe that was actually that, you know what? That might've actually been a later, um, uh, event. Um, but, uh, one thing, folks, if you do want to, um, Dynamic Wrestling Alliance started a uh, YouTube account just a couple of days after this event ended, and so all these videos are actually online. So you could you could check out their YouTube uh, page and uh, and watch the the events too. I wonder if you can see us in the video, Jeremy. Yeah, I looked a couple times, and you can see us. Um, nice. So, yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, most of the time, we're just kind of. 
sitting there observing more, more so. I feel like we were we were kind of trying to get into it early on, and then I think we kind of just like fell into like uh, you know observation mode. But but yeah, it was a long night though too. It was, it was four hours of, of wrestling. Um, yeah, and I watched one of the, I watched something from the second half uh, of the uh, after the intermission. Ah, okay, okay, I gotcha. Um, yeah, all right, yeah, I'll have to check out a few of those. Um, uh, there was an, a refer, so there were three referees um, in total. One of them looked like, uh, what is the guy's name from Brooklyn Nine Nine? I got to look it up now. Um, but he had a, he had a. Uh, oh just, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there was that guy. There was a bald guy, and then there was the guy that photobombed us when we got the uh, picture with Mister Riccolo at uh at the first event that we went to and actually there was a fourth referee too yeah just he randomly came out for like one of the last matches um but uh but the guy who you're talking about jack who looks like the guy from brooklyn 99 which uh, i think you might be looking up the name but uh he his his name for the dwa was flat top dave was uh, it really yeah 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 scully um, scully scully is the character um uh from brooklyn 99 if you watch that yeah. show he was also um, in an episode of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, which was pretty good. Uh, Larry David asks him, um, he's a, he plays a doctor, and he asks him in the locker room, like, hey, could you tell me what this thing is? And the, he, the, character, the guy goes, next time you're in a hurry, I'm going to ask you for, to do a bunch of free shit for me. <laughs> kind of a funny line. But, um, but, yeah, um, but, yeah, so Flat Top Dave. There was a guy um, in the back of the house by the aisle, kind of like by where the, the entrance uh, platform was. And he had um, signs. He had tons of signs and he had a sign for almost like every occasion. And for some reason he had signs like of these guys and he had a flat top Dave uh, sign, which is the only reason why I know that that was his name or whatever. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's like, you know, sometimes wrestlers take on personalities of their own. Uh, think Earl Hebner. You remember Earl Hebner? Yep. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so yeah, it's good. So I wonder if Earl Hebner is still refereeing. It can't be. No way he can still be refereeing. Yeah, I don't think so. I every once in a while I'll look up like some of those guys from back then. Um, uh, but yeah, there was two. There's Dave and Earl Hebner. Uh, I think they were twins. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I, I I remember Dave Hebner as well. I wonder what it would take to be a wrestling referee. Like I could do that. I wouldn't want to take bumps. I don't think it's worth that. But like, is it like umpiring school? Like you know, what what makes a good wrestling referee? You just you know how to how to work the drama of the match. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's like there's got to be some acting chops required. Um, but it's like I don't know if they find like real referees who just want to get into that or or what because I mean you don't really need to have any ref skills it's more about the uh, demonstration yeah the, the acting but no. yeah I don't know yeah definitely it's it's not like they're being judged like major league baseball umpires with the strike zone so right um yeah uh, uh the next match was uh, Jay Cross whose nickname was Reckless and he spells Cross with a K so you know he's extreme. Versus a guy named uh, Lennox Leone. Was that his name? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Uh, and this was, they were from, so the whole, um, like, theme of the night was it was an invitational. So there were um, people, there were, like, other federations involved who brought some some uh, of their wrestlers. And so this was, um, these two were from the JWA, which was the Janesville Wrestling Alliance, I think. Um and that's out of Janesville, Wisconsin. Um, and so Lennox Leone was the um, 
the JWA champion. Um, and this guy, Jay Cross, challenged him. It was it was kind of, I, I got to say, like, you know, I, I don't, uh, not to knock any uh, too much of the stuff that was going on tonight because I think just overall, like, the presentation was, was impressive that they were able to, to do this. But this one was a little clunky the way they set it up. Yeah, well, the, the problem is it, it started with a promo um, yeah. where both guys were talking, but you just, because of the way the sound system was, you couldn't really understand what anybody was saying when yeah. they were on the mic. So, Too hard. yeah, it was. And so I, I didn't really catch what they were saying, but, uh, I, you know, eventually it, it came to pass that it was a title match. So yeah, I guess that was kind of cool. Him. He challenged him to a title match. And, like, we should say, too, so Lennox Leone was the was the heel. And, like, he probably had the best heel uh, material of the night. Oh, you know what happened at this thing that was, that was like, kind of uh, kind of uh, shoddy was... So it was uh, the JWA title. Uh, you know, they, they announced them from, like, from the Wisconsin... From Wisconsin's JWA, uh, Jay Cross and Lennox Leone. And they came out together, which was odd. And then, like, so... Jay Cross, who was the face, got on the mic and people started saying like cheesehead, cheesehead or something. Yeah. And like, but like he was supposed to be the fan. He was supposed to be the good guy. So he had to, he actually had to kind of win the crowd over. And like, he said like, I may be from Wisconsin, but uh, what did he say? He's like, but I, he didn't say like, I like the bears. Did he? <laughs> I don't know. He's, I don't know. He said something. He's like, I may be from Wisconsin, but I think this guy's an idiot or something like and then like people like cheered or whatever, um, and then he like he came out one at one point and like there was there was one guy like to our left who was like kind of like the super fan who was like che- cheering and getting in everyone's face and the wrestlers would like look at him and be like hey shut up you know like they would kind of th- go back and forth with this one fan and this Jay Cross guy to like win the favor of the crowd went over next to the fan and was just cheering with him to show that he was like a good guy, but it didn't go over well at first because he was announced from being from Wisconsin. And then like, of course everyone in, went into meathead mode and was like, um, you know, like crucifying the guy just cause he was from Wisconsin. I almost, uh, I almost like stood up and said like, Hey, this guy's from Wisconsin too. And one of you Jack, but you they would have, they would have, they would have tore you limb from limb. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or as Scott Steiner, Steiner would have said, um, they would have torn me limb to limb. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Um, yes. Speaking of kids, so Lennox Leon, uh, like you said, he had the best heel act of the night. There, he didn't really have a gimmick. He was just, you know, kind of your uh, your average wrestler, but just just a good heel who kind of knew how to work it from that angle. Uh, after he lost the match, he was all pissed off, and he was he was walking around the ring, uh, you know, to go backstage, and some some kid. Uh, who was sitting right in front of us, who, who probably just, like, felt bad for him, stuck his hand out for a high five, and Lennox, uh, Lennox Leone just, like, just like waved him off and didn't give him the high five. <laughs> yeah. uh, I thought it was great. It was just a very small thing that, you know, he had to have known, like, you know, no one except for a couple people would see, but the dude was just, he was totally in character, um, yeah. which, which I appreciated. The, uh, this match, too, was also the first time I noticed um, Kitty Corner to us there was this like gaggle of children um, who were in the front row who were just uh, like just cheering their hearts out for like every wrestler. They were led by this little girl um, who was just like cheering for every single face like her life depended on it. Um, yeah. Her own face, whenever something 
whenever something bad would happen to a good guy or like a good guy didn't have the momentum in a match, her, her face would just twist into terrible shapes. Like she would just get, she would just like be horrified. Uh, luckily she, you know, she walked away happy in every match cause none of the faces, uh, none of the faces lost, but yeah, there, there were all these little kids, uh, sitting across from us. Um, and you know, after, after every match, the, uh, the wrestlers would kind of go up to them and sign autographs and stuff. Um, yeah, I always forget that wrestling is kind of basically for kids. Um, (laughs) when I, when I was, I mean, when I, like my biggest time as a wrestling fan was when I was like 12 or, you know, about probably like 12 years old, 12 or 13 years old. I was really into it. Um, and I would root for like the faces and the heels too. Like you said, you rooted, uh, against Sergeant Slaughter. Um, you know, eventually when I got to high school, it was like, uh, you know, I learned about like, you could read wrestling rumors on the internet and, you know, me and my me and podcast listener Steve, we would we would watch matches, but like it was also about like kind of just ripping on how bad the booking was, and like also like just making fun of dumb stuff the wrestlers would say because it's basically meatheads doing improv. Um, but <laughs> but there, there were you know it is that's what it is. But yeah. Uh, but like yeah, there were a lot of kids uh, at both of these events, but specifically tonight, and you know it just it makes you remember like oh yeah, like wrestling is definitely a thing that like kids like because it's it's action-packed and it's just very very black and white like you know good versus evil type of thing definitely yeah it was uh it was it was funny to see uh the kids were really um into it and uh yeah um they were just up with each each with each each event so um but yeah yeah, it it kind of it kind of amplified from this point up um, As, as opposed to us who were just like sitting there um yeah uh, although I will say we did laugh at Lennox Leone like when he when he uh, when he stiffed that kid on the high five. So that was that was good stuff. Um, it was and pretty he, good. He would later come back in the battle royale too. Um, yeah. Uh, so the next uh, the next match was a guy named Evil Genius Aaron Xavier. Um, mm-hmm. He kind of reminded me. He had D- Diamond Dallas Page vibes. Um, if I'm uh, if I'm being honest, uh, and he fought uh, Terry Allen. Uh, AKA the tenacious one, uh, AKA, I believe tenacious Terry was, yeah. uh, also something that he was called. Um, and this was, this was a pretty good match. Ter- Terry Allen, uh, tenacious Terry. He had a lot of heat as a face. Um, he was pretty over with the crowd. Yeah. He had, um, uh, he also had like a gaggle of people. This is where he had like, just like a random woman with, or two, I think two random women with him and like two guys who just like looked like they like pulled him out of like some biker bar or something. I think they were fr- supposed to be from the family. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. I, yeah, that would make sense why he got a big pop, but like I almost, I thought maybe they said he was from like another federation or something. I don't know. But like, yeah, I don't know. These guys looked like they all looked like El Duce, the guy who was supposedly killed, who was hired by Courtney Love to kill Kurt Cobain. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, it was, it was odd, but, um, but yeah, um, uh, Aaron Xavier had a valet as well. Uh, a woman by the name of angel uh, who would come back later on as uh, also, but um, I'm looking, I'm, I'm actually rewatching the match right now. Aaron Xavier reminds me of someone, but I can't put, I can't, I can't put my finger on it. Like, okay. I mean, I almost want to say like Aaron Rodgers a little bit. He <laughs> looks like, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, not not canceled by the woke mob. And hey, neither, you know what? Yeah. Neither is Aaron Rodgers. He played last week. He's been uncanceled. Yeah, uh, definitely not canceled amongst the Joe Rogan uh, <laughs> followers. Which um, 
you know, I guess um, I don't know if uh, if we start spewing the same things as Joe Rogan does, and we it, but it gave us as much popularity as him. I don't know. I may have to weigh those, those uh, the pros and cons of that out. Um, but uh, um, but yeah. Um, so um, so yeah, they uh, they had a fight. I you know I think it was a I think it was a pretty good match. Um, it yeah, was t- tena- uh, uh, tenacious Terry like. He looked like just kind of an average guy, you know. Um, yeah. He didn't have like a like a ripped uh, physique or anything no. like that. He almost had like a Jake the Snake Roberts type of body, but uh, he was he was a surprisingly decent wrestler. Yeah, I guess so. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna object to that a little bit because Jake the Snake was this guy's kind of chubby a little bit, <laughs> um, but. Uh, but yeah, like and I don't I don't know. It was a it was a weird he yeah, there wasn't anything necessarily compelling about him, but um but yeah, he got he might have got the one of the biggest ovations of the night like um from the from the people, but uh was this wasn't the last match of the first half, was it? Uh no, that might have been hardcore impact. That's the next one. Okay, yeah, yeah. So this match was um was pretty good. There was a lot of posturing by Aaron Xavier. He was like that kind of heel who would like, you know, avoid you know conflict or avoid fighting or whatever jack i'm not i'm I'm still i'm struggling to think of anything specific that happened in this matchup um yeah i i the only thing i remember really is aaron xavier's uh he had like these boots that had like feather feathers on them uh yeah there wasn't a whole lot good that happened in this this match i mean it was a perfectly fine match it was okay it just wasn't really memorable um what did that what did the woman manager for uh uh i think her name was the goddess of gains rachel or angel something but that was her nickname right well okay so we that we we um we uh debated this one because it okay so yeah her name was angel and it said the goddess of something and it was in old english so it was a little hard to read but i mean like it's like we we at one point we thought that it might have been the goddess of brains, but there was a typo, Uh um, which kind of makes sense because Aaron Xavier is the, the evil genius. So I don't, I'm kind of on board with that. Um, but, uh, cause I don't really know what the goddess of gains means other than like, if she was like a stockbroker or something, I'm not sure. (laughs) So I gains is like, uh, like, you know, when you're lifting weight, you're getting, you're getting gains. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's yeah. That's that's how I interpreted it. I suppose that's that's the latest slang for yeah. Look it up on Urban Dictionary, dude. If you don't believe me, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. But uh, but anyway, did did she say something at one point where she said go to Catholic school, get an education? Yeah. Yes. I mean, like, yeah. So like, uh, you know, I think I think it was after the match. Um, they were like coming out of the ring, and you know, she was she was also like kind of. Uh, chewing, chewing uh, the fat with like, uh, like, with some of the people around ringside, and there were some little kid. The, she went up to some of the little kids and like she snubbed them, and she's like, "Go to Catholic school, get a real education," <laughs> which is an odd thing to say. But um, uh, I'm not gonna argue with her because I went to 12 years of Catholic school. I was gonna so. ask you, Jeremy, would you agree with that st- sentiment? You know, I used to think my high school or my grade school was good but it i think it was bad <laughs> like i'm like i think all the people that i went to grade school with are kind of knuckleheads um and uh I, i'm i'm only offending some people i don't think any, i don't think any of them listen but i'm only i'm only lifelong friends with one of the people uh from grade school but uh 
yeah, I feel when I go back and look at us sometimes, like I feel like my high school, my grade school was filled with a bunch of like misfits. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And you went to an all boys school too, right? High school. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that school also, I mean, those guys were definitely idiots. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I think my mom could have saved some money and just sent me to a public school, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, the last match of the first half was, uh, yeah, the aforementioned hardcore impact versus, uh, blacklist. So they blacklist, were, yeah. Yeah. And this was, um, this was an eight or, a, uh, an eight man tag team match if I remember correctly, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was four, four on four. Um, and this was, this was probably the best match of the night. Just from a, a sheer wrestling standpoint, um, Hardcore Impact had some had some real high flyers. Um, uh, towards the end of the match, each guy from Hardcore Impact, like everybody was outside the ring, and then like each guy from Hardcore Impact would do like a flip onto all the guys and would hit them like a, a 450 splash or whatever, and then like the next guy would do a flip onto them and so we, forth. Yeah, we should talk about the makeup of these, of these guys though, because it was peculiar to say the least. So it was basically like three grown adults. And then like the fourth member of each team was like a little kid. It was weird. It was like, they were like teenagers. Well, one, the one of the guy, the guy in hardcore impact, he had like a Illinois wrestling shirt on. So it's like, I don't know if that was champagne Urbana, but like, they seemed like they were maybe no, like, late high school early college age kids as opposed to like all of the other people in this tag team who are like in their 30s well yeah i'm i'm not uh the kid in the singlet you're saying yeah 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 uh he he oh when he came out he he came out in a t-shirt and then he took it off for the match yeah yeah and it said like illinois wrestling or something so i wasn't sure if it seemed like you know it was from like legit like legit wrestling not like professional wrestling yeah. Um, but yeah, like both, both of the kids you're referring to seem no more than like late high school, early college. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was, it was odd. The kid from, um, hardcore impact was just like really like, like I, I it's weird. Um, he looked kind of like, he kind of had like a, a point guards, like body build or something. Like he was super like svelte and like muscular but like also like kind of skinny and at the same time uh like a really small frame and he was wearing this like this like little singlet like like uh mr perfect used to wear and um he just and he had like short hair whereas most wrestlers have like long hair or sh- like a shaved head he just looked like he kind of looked like some like geeky high school kid basically um and uh his counterpart on the blacklist was like this like tall, skinny, kind of like bratty looking kid. And he kind of looked like, he just looked like a angsty teen. He was just like bratty. He had like a frown on it, like a sourpuss on his face the whole time. And he had like his hair up in like this, like little high ponytail, like this little like baby ponytail. He just looked like a bratty, like angsty teen. Um, And uh, it was weird. And so like those two, the two like teens like battled against each other, like to start the match. Uh, and we thought maybe they would only fight each other, but then like this, like this, like uh kid in the singlet was like fighting the grown ass men on blacklist and like kicking their asses at times. Um, I don't think the, the, the sourpuss kid fought any of the big guys. He didn't, he didn't a, wrestle very much. No, he didn't. He didn't. Um, 
We should also mention too, uh, one of the kind of funnier um, like gimmicks or uh, costumes, I guess, was um, uh, one of the guys on um, the blacklist was was dressed all in black, and he had like this like skeleton hood on that like it had like this skeleton looking like almost like Punisher face on, and he had like this these letters on his on his uh, wrestling shirt around his neck that like said danger. Um, it's it was kind of it was a little bootleg looking, but it was actually kind of cool in a in a weird way. Um, but yeah, uh, and yeah, there was some good bumps, like Jack was saying, like like at some point a lot of action like outside of the ring where like one guy would would land on like four guys, um, you know, flying out of the ring. So that was it looked it looked cool. Um, and, we, uh, we, yeah, we were we were wondering if we would see any spots outside the ring because the ring was just like a hard outside the ring it was just hard tile floor pretty much yeah it so, was like marble it was like a marble floor or something or like concrete or whatever and there was no no pads or anything so it's unfortunate they couldn't spring for the pads but um but yeah there there was a little bit of action on the floor so that was cool yeah it was pretty ballsy from those uh, guys too to do to do those spots um so hardcore impact ended up winning they were the faces. Uh, good, good match though. Heck of a match. Um, definitely better than you would expect to see at this level. Uh, uh, but after the, after the match, uh, one of the guys on blacklist, like stayed in the ring with the little, uh, with like the, the kid, um, from yeah, blacklist like, kid. with the, with the ponytail. And this older oh. guy from blacklist said, told well, I him, can, yeah, I can take it. Jack, Cause he okay. goes like, he's like. He, he, so he does a spot. He does like a, you know, like, um, uh, I mean, I think they call it a spot too. Don't they? Like when they do like, yeah. when, when they go on the mic. So like he, he, he grabs the mic and he like, he's like looking at this kid and they're both like beat up and they're both like, you know, kind of gathering themselves after the match. And he's like, he's like, you, he's like, I've taken, I've carried your ass for 16 years and I, you know, and I do everything for you for 16 years and I ask you to do one little thing for me and you can't even do that. And he's like, you're a waste of perfectly good sperm. <laughs> and, huh. and then he like, he like, I think he's like kicked the kid, right? Like he like yeah. dropped him. Um, I'm trying to find that on the video. Um, I wonder if that's, I wonder if that's, um, if it's included on YouTube. Yeah, well, it is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it is. And the kid is just making like this, like scowl, like no dad, like, you know, how could you say that about me, dad? And, uh, so, and, you know, and this definitely, um, got, uh, you know, a rise out of the crowd. Um, but, and so the guy, the guy, the dad, who's like going to like, um, you know, he, he says these, these pretty crappy things to the kid. Um, he then like turns to the, I'm watching the video again. He turns to the crowd to like yell at the people. Um, and then the, the kid, the like sourpuss kid, goes and kicks the dad in the chest and like spits on him and walks out of the ring. Oh yeah. I forgot he spit on him. Um, yeah, 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 that was good. So, uh, yeah, the, he had, it was kind of a face turn for that, uh, for the kid there. So I, I, I wonder if that storyline will, uh, will continue at future. Yeah, he might. Yeah, actually, you know, and then when he got to the top of the, the platform, uh, the guys from hardcore impact were like congratulating the kid. So yeah, the kid I think is going to turn and, join hardcore impact maybe and the feud might continue but um but after that happened two funny things happened uh in the crowd uh this is probably one of the funniest things that we heard from the crowd but there was a guy behind us did you hear this guy jack no jeremy i didn't hear this all right so 
so the there was a guy behind us uh an older like uh uh older gentleman um and he was like after the dad like was laid out and like kind of like wobbling out of the ring he's like what do you think about that dad what do you think about that dad um uh so that was that was pretty funny <laughs> um uh and then um and then as he was walking up the the aisle uh mr riccolo got on the mic and he's like someone get security to get this crap out of here or get this garbage out of here uh, talking about the the guy um uh cuz he was so disgusted with with him calling his son a waste of good sperm that oh, uh, God. he called him garbage uh so that was it <laughs> was an unexpected end uh to that to that match um and pretty uh, extreme i would say but uh but good stuff yeah, that was uh, that was interesting, um, and yeah, definitely ended the uh, ended the half on a high note, uh, yeah. both with the match and the promo uh, that was cut afterward. Um, there was a little intermission uh, during which n- not much happened. Um, I don't I don't even know if either of us got up or got a soda or anything. Um, but yeah, after uh, after the intermission, which was about ten to fifteen minutes, uh, they had a, a, a women's match, which we had yet to see. Uh, in DWA, so it was uh, one of the women had previously been the evil genius Aaron Xavier's uh, valet. Um, we don't know if her name was Angel it, it's or a- Rachel. It's, it's Angel. It's Angel. Okay. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Uh, the goddess of gains um, versus Melanie <laughs> Melanie Cruz, um, who may have been a champion of some sort, a women's she, champion. She was a women's champion, and and like at the beginning of the match, uh, Mr. Riccolo Mr. Riccolo goes, just so just so you know, this is not. The title is not up for grabs. Right, right. You know one thing about Mr. Riccolo, too? Uh, and I had forgotten this term in wrestling, but he would say, and this next match is scheduled for one fall. I like that term, one fall, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's good good stuff. I hadn't uh, I hadn't heard that since, uh, you know, I'd heard uh, uh, Howard Finkel doing it in uh, WWE. Uh, but, yeah, th- this match wasn't too bad, Jeremy. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't bad. Um you know, uh, kind of definitely like Melanie Cruz was the face and, and Angel was, was, was her job was just a job. Her job was to job to, uh, Melanie Cruz. Um, and she took some, I think there were some good, uh, you know, good fall, good, good, like, uh, bumps in this match. Um, uh, there was one moment though, um, that Melanie Cruz, got angel on the ground angel was wearing like a tank top type type of top sort of thing and um she was hitting the ground she was hitting the mat pretty hard um and at one point she like hit the hit the mat and uh melanie cruz uh like rolled her up for a pin uh, attempt and she kicked out after two which forced her to kind of like jostle her body again and um i think there might have been a, a wardrobe malfunction uh as it were um, when that happened, because at some, I think Jack and I were both thinking it at the same time, but didn't say it out loud. And then, um, <clears throat> the refer we saw the referee quickly, like he, you know, he counted two and then he held his two, uh, his fingers up for two. And then I, we saw him like kind of lean into angel and say something to her. And then right away she grabbed her top and like pulled it up. Um, so I think there was a, uh, a nip slip there, yeah. uh, in the in in that uh, in that failed uh, pinfall. Uh, hey, uh, I like how you said wardrobe malfunction, Jeremy. That must have been 15 years ago that that happened at the Super Bowl, and that's just a part oh. of our part of our culture now. It was more than it was. Wasn't it in 2001? Oh God, was it really? 
or it was 2001 or 2003, one of those two. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, it was even far longer ago than that. Who would have ever thought that, you know, that quote from Justin Timberlake would live on um, and people would know exactly what you were talking about 20, 20 yeah. years later. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that definitely happened. Um, it was just kind of an elephant in the room for, for those who saw it. Um, uh, but uh, Melanie Cruz ended up going over anyway uh, because she was the face. Um, but yeah, pretty good, pretty good for the first women's match, though. Yeah, and a good change of pace for sure. Yeah. Um, we should say that uh, Aaron Xavier came out again with Angel and he was holding his face when he was walking out to the aisle, like still selling the bump that he took, uh, you know, pre- in the match, uh, two matches previous to this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a, that was a nice job of, of him selling to, uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't have to do that. Um, the next match, I had been waiting to see the family come back uh specifically like the little the little micro guy with like the beard who he's like a little biker guy who's their mouthpiece um i love that dude so uh so yeah he's like their valet um so the family came out to have a match versus the midwest mercenaries um and so of course this this dude who's their mouthpiece jeremy what did you say his name was I th- it, it's hard to, I think his name is Charlie Jr. Okay. Makes cuz like it they kind of have like a Manson family vibe going on yeah. and so I think he's like Charlie Manson Jr. Sure. Um yeah, definitely. Uh, and yeah, th- there you go, the family, right? What what's his name in real life? You said it was like Well, so um on the uh, DWA um Facebook page, um he was like tagged in like one of the posts and I think his name is like Scott Wojciechowski or something. Yeah. Something that is very not uh Manson family esque. No, no. Uh yeah, I, well, you know what, Jeremy, he's uh if his if that is his name, he's won as many NCAA tournament games as uh former Marquette coach Steve Wojciechowski. Um which is <laughs> zero. So sure. uh yeah. That was the only reason I asked you what his real name was, so I could make that joke. Um <laughs> fair. But I, uh, you know yeah. there's you know, there's no shame in that. Um, if, you know, whatever his real name is. Yeah, it is. It's like Scott Woj- Wojciechowski, I think, is how you would probably pronounce that. And I think I think he is Charlie Jr. Um, but <laughs> nice. uh, I'm just looking at the Facebook page right now. But uh, no shame in, uh, you know, having like a unorthodox, uh, like a non-wrestling sounding name. If you were, if, if you uh, if you know it all. Uh, uh, Jack, do you know what Shawn Michaels real name is? Sean Hickenbottom. Yeah, that's right. Uh yeah, it might even be Michael Hickenbottom. Or uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It is Michael Hickenbottom. It, it totally is. Yeah, um, I mean that that is like you know try good luck trying to you know become the sexy boy with that name. You know, it's weird, Jeremy. Speak, speaking of Shawn Michaels today, uh, just as part of a a thing with some new hires at my job, we we played two truths and a lie. And oh, one, nice. one of my three things was uh, I've met the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels. Um, and, uh, that was, that was true. Um, me and my buddy Steve met him at a Piggly Wiggly, um, in suburban Milwaukee, uh, many, about 20 years ago. He was like doing it. He was doing an autograph signing to promote like an event that WWE was having there so they could sell more tickets. And he was not happy to be there. Um, (laughs) it was, it was pretty hilarious and we had to, we had to pay to get his autograph. So it was just a, a bad, uh. A bad situation all around, but we did get to meet him. So I did. I did meet the heartbreak kid. That's uh, pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty cool, Jack. Yeah. I, um, <clears throat> not to. I'm. This is in no uh, way am I t- attempting to one up you at all, but just to share in the uh, situation because I was also a hardcore wrestling fan and um, would go to a lot of these um, appearances uh, during SummerSlam. 
I met Ted DiBiase and the Macho Man at Montgomery Wards, different Montgomery Wards, which is like a now defunct uh, department store <laughs> um, from the Chicagoland area or from the Midwest or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but when um, I think it was for that WrestleMania, maybe um, when uh, the one that was in Chicago, I met uh, I met The Rock. Really? When he, was, when he was Rocky Maivia, yeah. Holy shit, man! That that must have been like what ninety six or ninety seven. I th- yeah, something like that. Uh, ninety eight even maybe. I, or maybe yeah, no, it was probably earlier than that. But yeah, he was still Rocky Maivia. He was the Intercontinental Champion because he had the belt with him, and I got to touch the belt. Wow. Um, which was crazy. But like, who knew? And it, this was at like an Aronson Furniture, which again is like an I'm pretty sure defunct. Uh, store uh that was in chicago it was in wicker park too it was like it was when wicker park was still kind of like shady and it was this really like it was like a crappy like furniture store like furniture and electronics store and um rocky maivia was doing an appearance there and i i went there and i you know i think i I had to have gotten his autograph and like fuck man i wish i had that um because i might actually even be worth money yeah Um, but uh, I don't, God, I don't think that that exists anymore. But uh, yeah, who would have known that I was meeting like the star, like, you know, a future like movie star of uh, the Fast series. Yeah, so. Christ, man. The, the most followed man on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the fucking, the most electrifying man in sports mm-hmm. and entertainment, The Rock. Um, love it. Uh, wow. So that's cool, Jeremy. Those are, those are stories we've never shared uh, with each other before. Yeah, um, right. this is, yeah there you go. Um, the family, though, Charlie Jr., he, he had brought his own microphone out. And then at one point, like, he said to Mr. Riccolo, he's like, I've got my own mic. And then, like, he kind of started laughing about it. Um, he cut his usual promo that I feel like he says, or, like, he introduces all of the people in his family. Um, and he has, like, a little, like, you know, how the road dog would in wrestling would always call himself, like, that D-O-double-G, like, and whatever. And he would kind of say his uh, spiel that would rhyme. You can't really understand what Charlie Jr. was saying, but he has, he has a similar thing going on. And then at the end of the promo, he'll go, and this is my family. Yeah. And yeah. that's how he would end it. Um, yeah, but he, uh, you know, he, I, I feel like this guy, uh, love him. He definitely seems like he lives for these events. Like that, that's yeah. his thing is just to, to cut these promos. Like he loves it. It's his favorite thing in the world. Yeah. And I think he's, you know, without him and Mr. Riccolo, there's no face of the DWA. I think no. this guy is like the, the face and he's a great mouthpiece for the, uh, for the Federation. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I, you know, I would never get tired of seeing, seeing them. No, they're definitely like the, the the fan favorites. I would say. Yeah, definitely. Um, the uh, the the match itself was not memorable. Um, the family ended up winning. Uh, Midwest Mercenaries. Uh, they they were kind of just these two big like brutes with yeah. uh, with long hair. Um, mm. I think so. They were signing autographs after the show. I, they they may have been brothers. Um, and like that, I think their parents may have been there because like their parents were at the table. Uh, they oh, were just like okay. two two solemn looking people who looked. Who looked a lot like the Midwest mercenaries, only old and a married couple. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, they were there. But yeah, the match itself not not super memorable. Yeah, yeah. They, at some point, uh, I hate to say it, but at some point, a lot of these like kind of big, burly guys with long, kind of greasy hair, like they kind of they kind of like blend into each other a little bit. Um, so so yeah, it's hard to hard to kind of pick them apart from like a 
you know some of the other guys like uh, Scumbag Army or whatever. So, um, so yeah. Um, but uh, but the family is the family. So that was that was cool to see, for sure. Yeah. Um, the next match, uh, just to move things along here a little bit, the the next match was um between Nick Cutler, who we saw last time, and uh, the Lunatic. Um, Jack, I was checking my notes from last time, and we had him down as Lunatic Binge. Do you remember that? Yeah, but that that oh no, you know okay, so you know what that was, Jeremy? Um, because uh, the Lunatic was fighting in a tag team with the Irish Car Bomb. Oh, so, that's right. Yeah, that's right. so that must have been why they called him Lunatic Binge. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. 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 And it, and for some reason his 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 tights say Venom to V E N U M, um, and he carries a uh, poop emoji pillow with him. Too. He does. So, the Lunatic um, is kind of a, a an interesting character. Like his his whole gimmick too is like he says what. And then everyone goes, what? Yeah, which is a complete ripoff of Stone Cold. But, hey, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, I, I love it. Um, yeah, and he fought he fought this guy called the Absolute Answer, Nick Cutler, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's just a fucking jobber. Um, and, like, if you're going to if you're gonna live in the Chicago area and be a wrestler and try to be a character, like, well, he's a heel, so I guess Cutler is a good name for him to have. But also, oh, like, yeah. you got you to gotta know that, you know, people are, uh, are going to associate with you with Jay Cutler. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think that's I think that's part of the vision. Which in in that sense, it's it's genius. Um, if he's just gonna be like a a jobber, and like he's like a he's like a well cut jobber too. He's like he's he's muscular. He's kind of on the smaller side. He's kind of like a he wasn't like the mini Goldberg, but he's like has kind of like a Goldberg thing going on. Uh, he's like super hairy too, uh, except his except on his head. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's he's a good heel, and it's funny because. So they announced him, and we said that there were kind of like technical difficulties throughout the night. A lot of times, like the music would would be pr- pretty slow to come on, which is kind of crucial. Um, and for Nick Cutler, the music just did not come on, and so he had to come out to the ring with no music. <laughs> and um, he, I remember I I heard him say like he when he got to the to the uh, ring, he looked up to like the there was this little perch up at the top where like I think they were playing all the AV stuff. And he was like, you had one job. Like, this is unbelievable. And I think he was maybe kind of serious, too, because <laughs> that would be pretty crappy to come out to no music. Like, it's just like completely anticlimactic. And, um, you know, I do think I do think the the overall event suffered from from some of the technical difficulties because, you know, the music, the lights, the video, it's all part of the, the presentation, you know? Yeah, um, it must be kind of nice as, as Nick Cutler um, to be able to air your frustrations like that, to, to just have a uh, to have carte blanche to just be as much of an asshole as you want to these sound guys because that's part of your character. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. So he can lean into it and, uh, you know, we won't know how much of that was real. But. Uh, you you said you used, you used to do that for soccer games. Um, I think it right. was right. Yeah. So I mean, I did. I told. I famously told that story about how I accidentally put the computer to sleep while these Girl Scouts were performing, and it was probably one of the cringiest moments of my life. Um, but I would play. I would play the music, and um, it was like like so when the team would score, the home team, the Chicago Storm. We would play song. Is it song number two or song number three? I can't remember now. By Blur, that woohoo, woohoo, like so. I would play that, and like I had to be ready. So like I had one button that just had that song on it. So if I saw the, they were like, if you see the goal, the ball go in, you hit that button right away. And so that was like my main job is to like be ready to hit that button at any time. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, I think I was, I was pretty good at it. I like, I, I, I didn't miss it. And like, yeah, it's just the worst thing to have dead air when there's supposed to be music playing. So I, I, I kind of like, I actually wanted to like, like contact the Federation and be like, Hey, you guys should get this machine. It's like a 360 machine it's called. And it, it's, it's good for, it's just like a, a pad. Like it has these different pads on them and you just program sounds into it. And like, um, you know, that, that would be like perfect for them i don't know it's a little expensive but like for a live event like that that's like i always wish we had that when we um when we would do theater uh shows jack um, sure i had to play a lot of sound uh needle drops and stuff like sound effects from the booth uh like that's really the way you're supposed to do it so ah okay 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 well um hey man <laughs> If uh, when that happened at that soccer game and you put the computer to sleep, you probably just got a little flack from you know the whoever like the head the head cheerleader was that's, or something. That's right. Yeah, yeah it, you wouldn't have wanted to have to face down Nick Cutler. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't, hey, I, you know what? You probably would have won. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I I would have went over on Nick Cutler. Yeah. Um, but no, I honestly I think I was more afraid of the the cheerleader than Nick Cutler. <laughs> she was pretty pissed. <laughs> Oh, uh, I, I c- could imagine. Um, okay, so yeah, Nick Cutler versus Lunatic. Um, Lunatic uh, ended up going over. Um, and yeah, one one more thing about Lunatic that I liked. He he would uh, he was kind of hanging out in the crowd too. Um, I think and his in, kids were in front of us. Yeah, his, at least one of his kid kids was in front of us and wouldn't stop fucking around with the stanchions either. Um, <laughs> that was a whole nother thing. The kid just kept going under the stanchion like, you know, 25, 30 times. Yeah, it was almost cause... like he was in character as the lunatic's kid. <laughs> right, yeah. He wasn't, yeah, he was the the kid lunatic. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they didn't have, like, the normal, like, kind of guardrails that they have at wrestling events and also at outside of the Cubs uh, uh, visitors exit. Um, but they just had these little, like, like the bank queue like like when you're like when you go to the bank and you're standing in line like those sorts of things with like the velvet uh rope sort of thing so and the kid just kept like sliding under it they the kid the kids kept like running and sliding on their knees across the concrete floor and they the parent the people who were with them was like no don't do that and then the kid would just do it and it was kind of unruly but <laughs> yeah um so the next match we had was a fatal four-way uh, match between a guy named Jonathan Hudson, who called himself Mr. 3%, um, versus sharpshooter James Creed, versus a guy named JPH, um, versus Joe Andrews. Jeremy, what did JPH stand for again? Well, they didn't say it this time, but it was like Jonathan Pegas Herrera or something like that. I, I don't remember exactly. They they did, they said it the, when we were at the because he wrestled last time. Yeah. Um, but they were just calling him JPH, which is it's fine by me. Um, honestly, Jonathan Hudson, his his intro graphic said Mister Three Percent, but they didn't really say that, and I'm not really sure. Do they mean like three percent body fat or something? Yeah, it, it yeah it could have been um or like a three uh, percent man like you know he's like the top three percent I don't know um <laughs> just yeah, what I what I uh, what I what interpreted is this an ACT score over here <laughs> um yeah the match the match was okay it was kind of it was a fatal four way so it was kind of hard to determine if it was just going to be one pinfall to win the match you know just yeah. whoever got the pinfall and it was. Um, I think sharpshooter James Creed went over. Uh, good match. Yeah. Let me say at this point, this was the second to last match of the night minus the Battle Royale. And the, the event started at 7, and it was probably 10, 20 p.m. at this point. 
uh, much of the crowd had left. Um, it was it was a long event, so uh, we we were get, getting a little strung out at this point too. Yeah, this was actually it. It actually was like a good. It was probably like it featured the most like ath- athletic people, I would say, of the yes. night. Um, but it just yeah, it was just like it was just late into the night, and um, the other thing too was like I think it was going it was running over time, and so like a lot of these matches in the second half were kind of short. Um, a lot shorter than the first half, so they I think were. that they they kind of decided to speed it up, which maybe we should do for the for the podcast as well. But um, uh, but yeah, I like I like a lot of I liked a lot of these guys, but it just like it was just a, in a tough spot on the card. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yabo versus Marche Rocket. Yeah, uh, both of these guys we saw last time. It was exciting. Yabo did some funny stuff. Yabo's a clown. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's we a scary can, we clown. can frame these up a little bit. Yeah, Yabo is like a kind of a, a doink ripoff, but he also he's kind of like part sideshow cloud, a uh, part evil clown, part sideshow freak. I combine those two because <laughs> um, he like he has like all these things with him. He has like these juggling um, uh, mallets or whatever they are, like these juggling pins. Um, but yeah, he came out with like a backpack of all of all his like goodies or whatever. But he was also carrying this big stick that looked like that was supposed to look like a big thing of cotton candy, like this big pink cotton candy stick. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was funny. I, I'm not sure what that you know what that was. Maybe it was like the inside of a pillowcase, uh, you know, just painted painted pink. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was. Uh, he had that. Um, he had a a flower that he would spray people with. Um, he had juggling pins that at one point he started juggling with, and then I think he hit uh, Marche Rocket with. Uh, he had a balloon. He had some bean bags. He wrestled. Yeah, well, well, so like, yeah, yeah. So like, um, so you know, he, I, there's a he like there's a specific sequence in which he did all this stuff. But like, um, he he definitely like he he took the cotton candy stick and was beating. Mar- so he fight, faced this guy Marche Rocket um, all day Marche. Um, and he yeah he beat him with this cotton candy stick which was pretty funny because it was definitely like padding uh, on a stick so it was and it sounded like he was getting hit with a pillow like it was like puh, puh, puh. like it wasn't even like like you know a whack or anything so that was pretty but but Marche was selling it like he was getting hurt so that was pretty funny um, definitely at one point he sprayed him with like his flower uh, he hit him with those juggling pins the one of the funny bits that he did was <clears throat> he took um he took like a balloon. And blew it up, uh, and then popped it on Marche Rocket's head, and then Marche Rocket like sold it and like went down <laughs> from this balloon, which is pretty funny. And then uh, I think when he was down on the ground, he pulled out some bean bags and he was just hitting, he was just throwing the bean bags at Marche Rocket and hitting him with it, and like you know that was like hurting him uh, in addition. So it was it was pretty funny. Like I. You know, I think it was a, a good idea. I think last time Yabo was maybe earlier on on the card, and um, it, it was good. I, I think he's, you know, he's a good heel. Like he he could he could be a good top heel just because he has so many so many gimmicks that he can do. Yeah, um, he also wrestles in clown shoes, which is kind of kind of yeah. impressive as well. They don't look like fake clown shoes; they look like the real thing. Um, yeah, they were big. He would like kick Marche with them, and like again, it would make like a whap sound. Which was pretty funny. You know what's uh, funny, Jeremy? I think with both him and Grin, their makeup is just so good that I wouldn't recognize one, them on the street. Uh, you know, for a million dollars, I would have no no clue who those guys were if I ran into them on the street. Yeah, um, 
which is kind of kind of cool. Um, the match itself was pretty good. Marche Rocket uh, seems like one of the more legit wrestlers. Uh, he, he's just got kind of a gimmick like, you know, The Rock or something. It's like Ahmed Johnson from back yeah, in the day or something. Yeah, where he's just like kind of a regular regular guy, but he's just a, you know, a good wrestler. Uh, he ended up going over uh, despite all of the trickery from Yabo. Um, and that was kind of the main event of the night. Yeah, yeah. And like um, Yab- Yabo like took a pretty hard bump, I think, to end the match. And he kind of like rolled out to the ring and was like on the ground. Um, and like Marche had like a little um, entourage with him and uh, they kind of left the ring and we never really saw Yabo exit. And so we were and, and he rolled out of the ring onto the floor on the far side of the ring from where we were, the opposite side. So we never really saw what happened to him. And I was remarking to Jack. I'm like, is he really hurt? Like, is he on the ground? Like really hurt? Um, and we just like never we never saw him come out. And uh, we were kind of confused by the whole thing. And um, but no one was like, you know, coming to help him. So we were like, I guess he's not like really hurt, hurt. Uh. Um, One thing that happened during that match, though, and it's something that similar happened last time we were there, is that there's this this just random guy came out like in like um, like sunglasses and like a blazer or something, maybe. And he was just like what he was standing like in the aisle watching the match. Uh, with like his, his his arms crossed, like he was very interested in what was going on. Yeah, but but exactly. almost in a sinister kind of way. Yeah. Um. So, so that was um that was kind of funny. Yeah, because um, it had happened in the last show, and then they were supposed to have a show a month after that, but then COVID hit. So I I think I think whoever Mister Mysterious guy was that was supposed to pay off like in the next month. Yeah. And it never it never happened. So I had referenced that guy earlier in the night to Jeremy, and I was like, "You remember that? Like that? You know? I guess they had to just drop that." Um, but sure yeah. enough, that guy the guy was back, and it was it's, funny. Funny in the the first event, and back in February 2020, Mr. Riccolo saw the guy, and he was like, "I have no idea what he was doing here." Yeah, he. I, I have my note from from that from that uh, event, and he said, "That's tenacious Terry Power." What he's doing here, I have no idea. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and they, like, yeah, they definitely were trying to tease something. Um, that 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 next event was supposed to happen March twenty seventh. Okay. Um, and uh, so yeah, just March twenty seventh, twenty twenty, and uh, obviously did not happen. But so we we saw that guy during the Yabo um, Marche Rocket match. We we were like we didn't know if he had come out for other matches because at the last time he came out like for every match i feel at least it was, it was at least three or four of them yeah 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 and so like we don't know like it maybe he was coming on we just didn't see him um but uh it was kind of harder it would have been harder to see him for everyone in the arena this time so i don't know if it i don't know if they try to bring back that angle i don't even know if people know what what was you know if they saw it enough to make it work um, but anyway, um, so that happened, and uh, you know it's cool to see Yabo for sure. They teased him, they they advertised him on the card uh, ahead of time, so I was excited to be able to see him. Um, but the last match, just like last time, uh, the final match of the night was a battle royale. Uh, no, uh, n- n- a lot of disorder with this thing, not not a lot of um, like official uh, officiality to it. Um, I'm not sure how many people were in the battle royal. Um, but it was just kind of like a rogues gallery of just random yahoos that were like around, um, uh, with the exception of a couple people like Lennox Leon came back out for the match. Yep. There was one guy from the, 
um, from the uh, uh, the family that was in it. Um, was there anyone else I'm forgetting, Jack? Well, was... uh, I mean, yeah, we have in the notes here that Yabo eventually emerged um, uh, from from yeah. his hiding place, and he he entered the battle royale. Although it was it was inconclusive as to whether or not he was supposed to have been in it. Yeah, right. Yabo, yeah, eventually, like, uh, like, and he didn't show up until like a good five ten minutes into the match too. It no, was, it was it was odd. Um, Jack, uh, funny uh, note about that is I was going back and looking at some of the videos or the pictures that I took that mm-hmm. night, and there's a lot of uh, videos um, on uh, on Instagram. So I th- they've expired now, but I will repost them now that the episode is coming out. Mm-hmm. But um, I looked at one of the videos, and I looked under I looked at the ring apron that was facing us. And you can see Yabo's head poking out of it. No, really. You didn't see that live, did you? No, I did not. Yeah, me neither. It was it was kind of freaky. It's one of those things where, like, you know, you look at the picture, you you take a picture, and then you look at it later, and there's like a ghost in the corner or something. <laughs> it was kind of freaky. Yabo's head was just sticking out from under the, um, the, uh, the ring. Um, but uh, but yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of weirdos. Um, in the uh, in this in this uh, event, uh, there was like there was like a guy who looked like he was Filipino. Um, he was kind of chubby, um, and it wasn't me. Uh, but uh, <laughs> um, but uh, he was like just shirtless and chubby and, and kind of like kind of goofy. Uh, definitely looked like he was going to get eliminated pretty quickly, and I, I think he did. Um, <laughs> turtle was back, the yep. turtle guy, um, and. Uh, he was he made it far last time in the battle royale. Um, he's kind of a crowd favorite. Everyone was like yelling like turtle, turtle, um, and uh, yeah, so he was there. Um, there were, let's see, there was one guy, um, a luchador kind of guy who was not really like a high flyer guy. He was kind of like one of those like chubbier luchadors, but he had a mask on and his t. He wore a t shirt that said Taco Time. I think. Yeah. Um, and he was one of the last four. So like the last four were, were like taco man. Uh, one of the guys from the family. Um, uh, I think maybe turtle was one of the final yeah, four. He was, he was. And then I think there was another luchador too, right? Another guy in a mask. Yeah. I think it was two luchadors were in the final four. Yeah. And so then it ended up those, some of those got eliminated and it ended up being taco man and the guy from the family, uh, left over. And then uh, Taco Man like knocked over the guy from the family to win the battle royale. Um, so that was a you know maybe an unexpected moment, uh, but like clearly a guy easy to cheer for because he had a taco shirt on. Ugh. I'm like, if he didn't wear that taco shirt, would he have won the battle royale? I don't yeah, know. would 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 anyone have cared if right. he didn't have that that shirt that said Taco Time on it? <laughs> right. I mean, that's a pretty great gimmick. Uh, he didn't have a taco. He didn't eat a taco. He wasn't like there was really nothing else going on. Just that he was a luchador and he was he had a taco shirt. Um, but one of the weird things that happened was the guy from the family, like so. The, so the, they they he won this huge trophy too. And this trophy was like the, actually when Taco Man won, he was like doing the thing where he was measuring himself up against the trophy, and the trophy was taller than him. Yeah. So this trophy was like probably like six foot uh, high or something. Um, and for some reason, the, the guy from the family came into the ring and like kind of sized up Taco Man um, after he won. And then he's like, yeah, OK. And like he shook his hand, he shook his <laughs> head and then gave him a handshake and like validated his win. And it's like, 
why is it? Who is this guy to validate Taco Man's win? Like he won, that's why he's the winner. It's not, and not, they, yeah, no. go ahead. And, well, and it was a battle royale too. It's not like they had a one-on-one match for twenty-five right. minutes, and it's like, all right, yeah, that we squared off. Like that was badass. Like these guys maybe fought each other for like ninety seconds. Yeah, right. I know it was weird. Um, uh, so you know maybe because the family is is so well established that um, he put over Taco Man, I guess. But <laughs> but yeah, so Taco Man won. It was kind of, I don't want to say it was anticlimactic, but like it certainly kind of had no connection to the rest of the. Uh, to the rest of the card, really. It was just kind of like, you know, it was just kind of like a free-for-all, really. And I, I wonder if Taco Man still has that trophy. I know, that trophy. Well, and then, so so it was like Chekhov's gun. It's like, the trophy was so big and so, like, outlandishly large that it's like, how could this not get smashed over someone at the by the end of the night? And it just didn't. And he was like, then we walked out and he was one of the guys who had a table and he was just sitting there at the table with the, the trophy next to him. And he was like, he was like putting away some of his stuff into like a backpack or something. And I was like, damn, like this was, this didn't end the way I thought it would. It ended like too like linearly. <laughs> like it's just like guy, guy wins battle Royal guy gets trophy. Guy leaves the ring with trophy guy sits down and you know, like, relaxes after a match there was no sort of like uh twist to, to what happened at the end <laughs> um well that was the end of the night and like i said it was a four-hour event uh so we were pretty wiped out and also pretty pretty hungry too it's tricky jack because like you know it's like i like to get my money like i like to get my money's worth like i like you know if you're going to an extra inning game like there's some people who like complain about games being too long even though they're baseball fans, it's like, it's hard for me to, to complain about that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I think it was just like, it's tough. Like I, I it could have been like, I love getting my money. It was a $10 ticket and we saw like four hours of wrestling. Like that's great value for your buck. It probably would have helped the night overall to like trim it down a little bit, but like it was still fun. Um, I think like, I think maybe if COVID wasn't going on, if maybe there were a little more masks, if it was like closer to home, I don't know if the sound system was a little right. It would have been like a lot cooler. Honestly, Jack, I kind of feel like the venue at the bar was maybe more fun than in this big arena. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I like the bar better because yeah. uh, especially once this place emptied out, like after after halftime, um, it just it felt kind of desolate. Yeah, um, yeah. And like there, there was kind of nobody there. Um, whereas it, it never it never felt that way um, at the bar. Yeah, it was, uh, it, was it was a lot more intimate um, and just more more of like a found space, which made it kind of cool and like seem it made it seem more indie than yeah. uh, than this show. Yeah, for for sure. So yeah, it was it was interesting, but uh, obviously it's a huge undertaking to put this together, and it was cool and like for you can't beat the the deal for ten bucks. So um, it was no. a fun time, you know. But uh, but yeah, I think like yeah, I I, I do think like it hit better like in in that. Um, in that that back room at the bar. yeah um and you know like these guys are uh they're not getting rich off of this wrestling no. either uh it's they're just doing it for the love of the for the love of doing it and because they love wrestling uh which is which is also pretty cool um yeah. so yeah overall it was another another really positive experience uh although next time jeremy i, I want to see a few heels go over yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would like to, to see that uh, that little twist as well. Again, it's it's always compelling when, you know, 
someone when the crowd can turn on a guy because he they won. So yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like Jack, you were saying like, you know, the night was, was carrying on and like, uh, we were, we were pretty hungry and we were kind of sizing up. They, they had, they had a couple, they had like, um, a stand there of food with like some pre like made like hamburgers and hot dogs in this like warming, like kind of oven sort of thing. Um, and you know, reasonably priced, but we were, and I was like, I kind of was feeling for a hot dog, but we kind of made the pact uh, early on to be like, hey, let's just go to uh, Denny's when this is over. Uh, yeah, so that's so, what we did. So we did. Um, we uh, we went there and we got sat in a, a section. Uh, a guy named Paco was our waiter. Jeremy had like looked up this place on, uh, I, I don't know, what was it, well, Foursquare or when something? You, yeah, when you check in. So I use the, the Foursquare app, which is definitely um, uh, popular around the time that Jonathan Axford was closing games out for the, uh-huh. uh, the Brewers. But um uh, so one of the notes, one of the tips that it popped up when I checked in was like, like, make sure you sit in Paco's section. He's the best. Um, but like, sadly it was from like, it was from 2010, 2011. And, uh, Paco has been at it for a long time. I've kind of feel bad for Paco's family. Like if he's working the, the graveyard shift on Saturday nights for like 10, 11 years. But, uh, again, I guess, you know, the DWA wrestlers are doing it for the love of the sport. Uh, they're kind of like the uh, the rain delay theater of wrestling. Like we're kind of doing it for the love of the game, and I think Paco is really he's he's doing it for the love of the the service, I guess. <laughs> um, we yeah, so we ordered a sampler platter and a, a couple of burgers as well. At, at one point, I almost kind of tried to rush Jeremy into making his order, but uh, Jeremy stood pat, and, and you were like, "Yeah, actually, Jack, I think I'm going to need a couple more minutes." So uh, you know, we. It- uh, it, I definitely felt rushed, like not not by you even, but just like it's like by Paco. I, don't know. I yeah, mean, because he bit. came back so fast. Yeah, a little bit. I think he like he took our drink order, and then um, yeah, he, I feel like he came back really quick um, with the food, and we were still discussing stuff, and we kind of just like worked out the sampler uh, thing because you can pick like four different things or something, and uh, I was like. Yeah, we were discussing like what we were we were gonna get, and I was just like, "Yeah, you know what? Uh, we'll we'll put that order in, but I'm gonna need more time for the uh, the entree." So, and then he actually came back again really quick to get my <laughs> entree order, but luckily by that point I had gotten it. So, but yeah, um, yeah, the, the food the food was good. Uh, it was it was fantastic. Hadn't been to Denny's since the South Bend game that we went to a couple years ago. Um, Mr. Riccolo came into Denny's. Uh, yes. Yeah, with his wife, or you know, um, presumably, presumably his wife or girlfriend. I think uh, it was, she was age appropriate, which was nice to see. Yes, um, for Mr. Riccolo. But uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah. I mean, who could have seen that one coming? We 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 were thinking like you know, um, fans from the card would would be in there, and there was like one group of people from the wrestling that came in. Um, but sure enough, Mr. Riccolo came in. <laughs> Yeah, the perfect guy. However, we didn't we didn't say hi to him a because we didn't want to bother him. Um, but you know, we could have said something like, "Hey, good show, whatever." But uh, Denny's is one of those places where you gotta, you know, you get your check and then you have to pay at the register, so you don't you don't leave your money on the table. Um, you go pay at the register. So we we get to the register, <laughs> and of course we wanted to split our check. Uh, so I Paco, you know, came over to ring us up. And I asked him if that was, um, if it, like, hey, can we just split it down the middle 50-50? And he goes, uh, he kind of just nods his head and he goes, who pays? Uh, yeah. And we, I, We yeah. asked him, like, we asked him originally, like, can we split it? Can we split it? And he's like, yep, no problem. And then when we got to the register, we're like, yeah, who's, who's, who's paying for the, uh, who's playing for the sampler? 
And we're like, can we split it down the middle? And he's like, no. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. All right. Well, we were, yeah. mis- we were misled <laughs> by we, you we were. <laughs> a um, minute ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so it, we, it ended up being some convoluted thing where Jeremy had to put the app on his, his bill. And then I paid for, I paid for just my entree, but then I had to Venmo Jeremy 850. What should have happened was one of us should have just paid the entire bill and Venmo the other one. But, uh, yeah, so, so pa- Paco kind of put our asses in the jackpot on that one. And <laughs> it was, it was so confusing that we, we just like, we kind of just, uh, our shoulders like sunken. You kind we of just shuffled kind of, out of there. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't, we didn't say hi to Mr. Riccolo. Um, yeah. So that one was on Paco. So I don't know if anyone looks at Foursquare reviews anymore. Uh, Jeremy, don't you know? Don't leave one. But uh, yeah, it was it was a less than stellar experience at the pa- end. Paco slipped a little bit. In the, he did. In the he was years. a very good server, though. He he got us everything we needed. He was attentive, although I wanted a little more water at the end, and he didn't. He he kind of he kind of forgot <laughs> about us a little bit. So I again, I'm not. I, I'm not gonna give Paco a free ride here, you know. We gotta we we calls it like we sees it, um, yeah. But uh, so, sorry, Paco. But um, but yeah, uh, you know, I was also, you know, uh, Mr. Riccolo's. He's 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 in the doghouse a little bit for me for that uh, make America great comment. <laughs> I'm not sure what to make a Mr. Riccolo. I'm not sure how much that was the 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 character or or his real that was a shoot as they say like i think he was like speaking um like he was breaking kayfabe a little bit maybe uh-huh. um and uh yeah so I, I don't know about mr Riccolo. he's got a question mark uh you know granted there's a picture with me smiling with both of us smiling on the internet so if anything this guy ever um shows up uh at the capitol you know, <laughs> I could be uh, defamed, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see about, I'll, I'll have to scrub that from the internet if, if that ever happens. <laughs> Very good. Um, okay. Well, uh, next week is Thanksgiving. Um, so, uh, you know, we may be a little spotty as to when we record, we haven't really talked about it, uh, but we'll probably have something for you next week. Um, and then in a couple of weeks, we may be, uh, maybe get, get into another event, um, in early December. But, yeah. uh, uh, I think, uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week. So for Rain Delay Theater, I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. We'll see you next time. Later. Later.